to them for always being willing to give you some live radio when we're gone. As I was going to bed on Saturday night, I just couldn't help but think about the brutal irony that Hurricane Ida was set to make landfall in or near New Orleans on the same day of the year that Katrina hit some 16 years ago. Just brutal. It it was absolutely insane. That storm, how it blew up. It in about twelve hours went from a category two to damn near category five. And a lot of people, from what I've read, think that that could be adjusted after the fact. They've done that with other storms in the past. They did that with Michael that hit up near the Panhandle, where after the fact they go in and realize it wasn't a four. It was more likely a five. And the most fascinating thing. And I don't think we have even scratched the surface of knowing what's really going on out there. I think because there's absolutely no power in the New Orleans area, uh, there's probably no cell service anywhere. I don't think we even know how bad it really is. But the storm, almost four hours after it made landfall, was almost perfectly intact. When you see a hurricane go on land, the eye starts to fall apart, and normally thereafter, it, it goes down to a tropical storm. This, four and five hours later was just sitting over areas of Louisiana churning as a Category 4 3 hurricane. And they say it's because, I've heard it mentioned before, the brown water effect, where there's so much swampland right there within the first 100 miles into Louisiana. It's actually over land, but it's feeding off all of that warm moisture that are in the marshes and in the different uh, wetlands there, that it's it almost was gaining strength at a time over land. And... Uh, it it looks really, really, really bad. This thing was just enormous. One of those, like, it's hard to say. It's breathtaking, but in the worst way possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. like, oh, my God, that that storm is so big. Well, in the fact, I think it's just when you see something like that and then you put along the destruction with it, just knowing that nature on its own, if we want to believe that, and there's no harp involved, uh, that there's no, like nature just does that. Nature can just create this absolutely destructive force and with three days notice, it can come to your town and annihilate everything and it just crush everything in your town. Because, I mean, there are areas... They will never be the same again. Definitely will not be the same anytime soon. Oh, sure, John Senning. And it was definitely not man-made. It was definitely a natural occurrence. No doubt about it. Storms like that definitely occur in nature. Had nothing at all to do with HARP, which is the government's program for population reduction, much like COVID, the pandemic. Well, I will say, I, I don't know if that's real, but I can tell you one thing I observed over the weekend. A uh, lot less talk about Afghanistan. <laughs> Not sure if there's a connection there. Almost as if that's a coincidence, John. Like, send a gigantic storm to an already ravaged area like Louisiana to take your eye off the ball for a second about how our feeble, doddering, old feeb of a president mangled this situation in Afghanistan that was laid out before him by Reagan, Bush, and others. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that, Jess. I'm sorry. I can't understand a word you're saying. It sounds like you got vaxxed this weekend, you sheep. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? Uh, 
It's ironic, actually. Uh, Jesse came out in a huge get vaxxed campaign. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't and know a that. lot of people were kind of like, "What? you were supposed to be the original, one of the original conspiracy theorists. What the hell? And uh, yeah, yeah, that one hit me a weird way, too. Oh, wow. And that's with the shot. I'm going to wait to see what Gorilla Monsoon says about getting vaccinated That's first. the thing. Um, so uh, Al Roker, I guess they didn't put old Al down in Louisiana, did they? Oh, my God, yes. He was right on the water. He was, in, he was on Lake Pontchartrain uh, just... Right there, probably in one of the worst areas. Surges upwards of 15 to 16 feet, 20 inches of rain or more with this system. The eye wall, 15 miles wide with 150 mile per hour winds. It's basically a 15 mile wide F3 tornado. We don't need to be putting American treasures like Al Roker in harm's way, do we? Oh, I think I have it. Oh, you got to hear this audio right here. All right. Uh, I agree, uh, but Al is not uh, is not here for anybody thinking he's too old or that he shouldn't be right. outside because Al Roker is pissed off. We have video um, of your hit on Meet the Press and what happened to you there. Let's have it. We can see you, see you right there. Uh, I like to call that the Roker stance, you know, standing strong up against the wind but the water is lapping slapping around and at, and at yeah. a certain point it's going to come where the big the, the big water hits Get you together you mumble mouth prick <laughs> how long it, yeah you know look it, it, it's one of these things that, and and folks on twitter have been well first of all why is nbc putting him out there i volunteered to come out here this is what i do i've done this for 40 years uh, our crews and we all make sure we're safe. We're not going to do something that's going to put ourselves at harm's way. Uh, right. As much as I love the weather and I love NBC, I'm not going to risk my life for it. Secondly, number of well, he's too old to be doing this. Well, hey, guess what? Screw you, okay? Uh, try to keep up. Keep up, okay? So Al Rooker. These young Al punks. Rook. I will come after them. I will drop them like a bag of dirt. All right. I mean, I mean, he's a grown ass man. I just don't. What does it do? Can you show me the tangible benefits for society or people in the in the cone even of what seeing Al Roker or anybody out? It's and I love the storms. And maybe if I had the opportunity to stand in one, it would be intriguing to me. But I just don't know how that translates to good. It, It just seems as if you're trying to maybe shock people at that at that point. And that's the thing is I think that every network is out there trying to put together the most shocking piece of audio and video that they can, you know? And I get it. Mike from Mike's weather page, we love the guy. Love the guy. But even he went storm chasing to New Orleans, and I that didn't sit real well with me. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, and, and and he's getting a lot of blowback from people that follow his page, it seems. And I know he's got a, a lady that kind of takes care of stuff like that. And they said right off the bat, uh, Mike is not a, the headline read, Mike is not a thrill seeker. He's not doing this for fun. Uh-uh. He's doing this for, I don't know if the exact word research was used, but he wants to help with warning systems and information moving forward. So if there's information to be gathered there, yes. But I don't, I don't like the idea of anybody putting the 
their life in harm's way. And even Al Roker says, I would never put myself in harm's way. Dude, you're standing next to the lake that, that, that where the levees broke. And if you haven't seen the video, these waves are just crashing right on top of him. So I'm sure yeah. they've got some fail safe things in place, but if a huge wave comes and then next thing you know, Al Roker swimming in the lake, what what you, then you got an NBC dive team that's coming in to get him. Cause then you're putting other people's lives at, at risk as well. So as much as I enjoy the storms and watching how they unfold from a scientific perspective, I don't understand why we still have to put people in the middle of them. Same. And I am the first one to look at these storms when they're on TV to see their magnitude and, uh, and to see how powerful they are. I just, drones would do a fine job. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. could have a stationary camera, and that's going to do an adequate job of capturing what happened there. And uh, I guess the entire city of New Orleans is without power right now. Yeah, that, uh, and, it, and it seems like the levees in New Orleans proper have, have held for the most part. I haven't seen anything otherwise. But last night when the news broke that all it was catastrophic power failure, even affecting the pumps, that were pumping water and, and that ran a lot of the sewage uh, systems as well went down last night. So yeah. if, if they make it through without uh, any major levees breaking or, or flooding like that directly in New Orleans, it will be a miracle. But, you know, they put I don't even know how many millions of dollars into kind of rebuilding the infrastructure of New Orleans after Katrina. So it was tested probably about as much as it'll ever be tested uh, yesterday and in, in I don't even think we know the extent. We don't, and and I believe that they are uh, they're still expecting the death toll to to climb one, only one, which was a dude whose uh, whose house was fallen upon by a tree. It was a weird way to say a tree fell on his house. Uh, that was the only death that I read about this morning. I'm sure that will climb, but um, an impressive and refreshing lack of loss of life thus far. Yeah, I think. Uh I think that number is sitting where it is because they haven't even gotten into the worst areas yet. I do know that in, I, I guess, Laplace, La I don't know how exactly how you say it, in Louisiana, their levee did break. And, and there was a m immediate flash flood emergency last night and houses were underwater. And I know a lot of people stayed. So, oh yeah, it was $14.5 billion was put into New Orleans after Katrina to uh, to rebuild the levees and, and oh. the floodgates. You can't you still you can't even bury bodies under the ground in New Orleans. No. Because of the water table. Yeah. It's it's and some areas of New Orleans are still abandoned. Some of those spots that were underwater completely for Katrina, they just never rebuilt. Seven two seven five seven nine one oh two five. Uh say John, what might you be firing up in the joints of today? Well, we hear often, even last Tuesday, we did a Teletally Whacker Tale Tuesday of men who may be pleasuring themselves in public. I've got the rare female hmm. pleasuring herself in public. Also, a miracle story of how a 22-year-old drove 13 miles going the wrong way down 275 right here in Tampa Bay over the weekend and managed not to kill anybody. I'll give you all of those details as well as the news of the day. Coming up next in John's Joints. Fran Hosh has several events for you to find out about this week. Go to the Fran Hosh Law Group Facebook events page to find out more or lawfran.com. Lawfran.com will also tell you all about Fran, her practice, her commitment to the community, etc. Tomorrow night is Bay Area Riders Bike Night at Tampa Joe's on Anderson. 7 to 11, great pizzas at Tampa Joe's, awesome service and food. 
Tomorrow's also Kickin' Wings Bike Night with the West Coast Florida Riders from 6 until 10. And then Wednesday, you've got the legendary Quaker Steak and Lube Bike Night from 6 until 10. Go by the Lube, experience the great biker camaraderie, some delicious wings, as well as the Frantastics hanging out, waiting to talk to you. Again, lawfran.com for more information on Fran and her practice and her events or the Fran Hosh Law Group Facebook events page. Fran has been with me since way back in the interface with Drew Garabo days, and I appreciate it very much. Thanks, Fran. You're listening to Drew Garabo Live on 102.5 The Bone.